a year ago when everything went into lockdown, one of my biggest worries became money. For starters, when the lockdown went longer and longer, I started to ask myself, what if one of us loses our job, right? We, we can't afford uh, to do that right now. Uh, I also started to worry because like many of you, we would go to the grocery store maybe once a month, maybe every other two weeks or every three weeks, which meant our grocery bill got significantly higher because um, pretty much every meal was happening at home. And every time we'd go to the checkout and we had to pay, I would panic a little bit. My anxiety would rise because that bill was so high. But perhaps my biggest worry throughout the lockdown uh, was um, looking at all of the debt that we had and, and realizing if we could just pay that off, our lives would be so much easier. Not easy, but so much easier. You know, the high grocery bill would be no problem because we wouldn't have our bills to pay. And uh, the, the credit card debts, uh, like they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't stress me out. And even if we lost our jobs, not having one of our jobs it would have been okay for a little bit, right? So uh, it, it would have made a huge difference. So because of that, at the beginning of 2021, the beginning of this year, uh, my wife and I decided to begin a lifelong journey of budgeting our monthly income and our expenses. And let me tell you, uh, using a budget has uh, not always been as easy. At times it was disheartening to see uh, how much we were paying towards our bills compared to how much we were paying towards enjoying our own paycheck. Uh, other times we felt like we were missing out on life because uh, when we ran out of money in a certain budget, we stopped you know, going out to eat dinner or eating our weekly Sunday afternoon ice cream cone. Uh, you know, Stuff like that just, just happened and, and it felt like a huge bummer. But let me tell you what else happened. As we used a budget month after month after month, I began to see some patterns that were emerging uh, from, from that experience. And at least for me, uh, using a budget taught me a lot about faith. And my hope is that through these next three weeks that you too will be encouraged to not only use a budget, but maybe uh, you will also be challenged to grow deeper in your faith as we look at budgets through a different lens. So let's get started. The first thing you need to know about budgets is that you have to use a zero sum budget or an every dollar budget. They're all called different things, but basically an every dollar budget means that you have to create a budget where every penny that comes into your possession, into your bank account or into your piggy bank or whatever, every penny that comes into your possession has to be accounted for in some way, shape or form. So let's use an imaginary example. Let's pretend that your monthly income is about $1,000. So let's say exactly $1,000. Well, you have to make sure that every one of those dollars out of those $1,000 is accounted for. So, so let's pretend that um, the first thing you start off with is giving 10% to your church or a local nonprofit. So that's $100 right there. So um, then let's look at uh, you have a mortgage or rent of uh, $500. So you allot that money, you budget that money to go to your rent. Then let's say um, you decide to pay your, your bills uh, for $100 and you need to use another $100 for groceries and another $100 for going out. So that's about $900, which means you have $100 left and, and you allot those $100 to go into your savings, right? So every dollar out of those thousand is accounted for. So uh, if you do this right, there's three things you need to understand. So first, the whole point of budgeting these amounts 
is that you make every effort to not go over on these budgets, right? Uh, on each one of these categories. So if you say, I'm gonna spend $100 on groceries, you spend $100 on groceries this month, right? And if you can do that, then you begin to see a difference in the way your, your spending habits are and, and in how you think about your money. The second thing you need to understand is that you don't spend all of your money when you use a budget, right? Theoretically, in the example we talked about, you only spent 900 out of the 1,000. 100 of that went into savings, right? So making a budget is not about spending all of your money. It's about having a plan for every single dollar that comes into your possession. Third, at the end, if you have a negative amount of money in a budget, right? So if you allotted $100 for grocery and you spent $200, then you need to make up those $100 somewhere else, right? Something's gotta give in order for you to, to allot for every dollar and not pretend like you have more money than you actually have, right? So if you don't use a budget, I wanna challenge you to begin to use an every dollar budget. Uh, really use any budget, but this is the, the kind of budget that I recommend. And um, again, at the beginning of each month, let's just go through this really quick. You write down your projected income, you plan to give 10% to the church or a nonprofit, you deduct all of your expected and potential expenses, and then you figure out what you're left with and you decide whether to put that into savings or retirement or whatever it is that you decide to do with that. Now look, I need you to hear me before you get started with a budget. This will not be easy, at least not at first. My wife and I have been doing this for about nine months now, and it still isn't easy. And even though we've gotten way better at creating our budgets, uh, we have made a lot of mistakes along the way. I remember uh, two weeks after we made our very first budget, we had already gone over on our uh, eating out budget, right? So for the rest of the month, we had to eat at home and we had to uh, pre uh, make meals at home and, and eat the same thing multiple days a week because we didn't budget correctly. Uh, there was another month when we thought we had money in our budget to buy new clothes. But when we looked closer at our budget, we realized that we had spent too much on vacation. So we had to cut back in other budgets, right? Doing budgets, especially doing budgets for the very first time, is not easy. But let me tell you what I've learned as I've gotten better at using budgets. You are going to mess up. You're probably not going to get it right, at least not the first time, and probably ever. I think I, my wife and I are yet to have a perfect budget where we spend exactly what we plan to spend in our budget, right? And, and that's okay. When you uh, make a mistake on your budget, you simply have to do four things. You have to acknowledge your mistakes. You have to fix what you can. You have to learn from what you can't and then try better next month. That's all you do, right? You do the best you can and then you acknowledge your mistakes. You fix what you can fix. You learn from what you can't fix and then you just try better next time. Now, here's the thing. Maybe this isn't true just of budgets. I want you to think about that. Maybe they, these four things aren't just true about budgets. Maybe that's what God says to you and I when we mess up. Maybe when we don't get things right, when we make mistakes, maybe God looks at you and I and says, okay, acknowledge your mistakes, fix what you can, learn from what you can't, and then try better next time. You know, see, I'm convinced that God does not expect perfection from me. Uh, you know, it, it'd be nice, and, and in the United Methodist Church, we believe in striving for Christian perfection, and John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, would say we can attain that. But the reality is that we fall short every single day, right? But 
despite falling short every single day, we have to strive for perfection. Because when we strive for it and fall short of it, we can look at our lives, we can acknowledge our, our lives and say, okay, I messed up. Let's acknowledge my mistakes. Let me fix what I can. Let me learn from what I can't. And let me do better next time. And the only way we can assess that is if we're striving for something, which in this case is perfection. Now look, we know what striving for perfection looks like in a budget, right? It's to guess exactly how much you're gonna spend in every category. And like we said, it's nearly impossible to do that, right? To get it right down to the very penny. But what does perfection look like in our everyday lives? What does it look like to strive for perfection in real life? Well, for some, striving for perfection means that we seek to love God with all our heart, all our mind, and our, all of our soul. Others would argue that living out the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5 is striving for perfection, right? So people argue that perfection means living out of love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Others would argue that striving for perfection is to avoid the seven deadly sins at all costs, right? Let me give you my example, my definition of striving for perfection. For me, striving for perfection means that we strive to live the way of Jesus. It means to respond to the world just as Jesus would respond to the world. Now, let's, let's have a moment of honesty. Based on all of these definitions, the reality is that just as we won't always get our budgets right, we won't always strive for perfection. I mean, we might strive for it, but we won't live up to those standards, right? We're not perfect. We get angry. We get disappointed. We lose patience. We sin. We don't always respond the way Jesus responds to this world, which means that we're going to fall short of it. And if that's the case, then we're left with one of two options. Either... We acknowledge our mistakes, we fix what we can, we learn from what we can't, and we try to do better next time, or we just give up and we live with the guilt and shame that comes from our mistakes. And, you know, let's be honest, some of you, and I'll include myself in that, we know what it's like to live with guilt and shame from the mistakes in our lives. I'll own it. I, I struggle with that too, but here's the deal. Just like we would never give up on our budgets, right? Just like we would never settle for living in debt the rest of our lives and not being able to enjoy our own paychecks, we can't settle for a life of mistakes, right? We cannot give up on striving for perfection and allow ourselves to just live with guilt and shame all the time. Living that way is simply not an option. In Psalm 32, the psalmist says this, Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now, let's dive into this because there is some really good stuff in here. We, we get the sense by reading this that the author made some mistakes along the way. And uh, he's now carrying some guilt and possibly even some shame from it. And we know this because we get the sense that there's a little bit of jealousy towards other people, right? Because he says this, he says, uh, happy are those whose transgressions are forgiven, right? Other people's transgressions are forgiven, not mine. Whose sin is covered, right? He, we get sense his sins maybe aren't covered. Who, whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, right? Like other people have received this, but he has not. 
Now, before we, we keep uh, before we keep going, let's talk about these three words in this text because the author uses some really important words. He says he uses the word sin, transgression, and iniquity. Now, sin, uh, the the old Greek word for sin, the original Greek word for sin, means to miss the mark. So if we were striving for perfection and we fall short of perfection, then we would say we missed the mark, we sinned. The second word he uses, transgression, means a willful rebellion or disobedience, right? So there was something that he did that he knew he shouldn't have done, but he did it anyway. Paul talks about this all the time. The third word that's used is the word iniquity, which is basically the realization that there were some destructive effects that came from him missing the mark, right? In other words, people were hurt by his mistakes, right? So let's look at these three words within the context of this text. He says, then I acknowledged my sin to you, right? And he says, I, I, God, I acknowledge that I missed the mark. And then he says, and I did not hide my iniquity. He's basically saying, I don't hide the fact that people were hurt by my decisions, God. He says, and I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. He, he says, God, I confess that I knew better and that I still made these mistakes. And then he says something really powerful. He says, you forgave the guilt of my sin. In other words, he says, God not only forgave him for his mistakes, God took away any guilt and shame he was carrying because of those mistakes. See, in this life, when we mess up and we acknowledge our sin and when we, when we do not hide our iniquity, when we confess our transgressions to God, I really do believe that God looks at us and says, you're forgiven. Now fix what you can, learn from what you can't, and strive to do better next time. See, just as our budgets will never be perfect, our lives will never be perfect, which means that we're going to mess up. And when we do mess up, it's okay. We acknowledge our mistakes, we fix what we can, we learn from what we can't, and we strive to do better next time. And I'm convinced that eventually, both in life and in our budgets, it will become a lot easier to do better every single Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, I give you thanks that you're a God who offers forgiveness. So God, when we don't get things right, you look at us and you tell us to just learn from them and to grow from them and to seek to do better next time. Because after all, we are forgiven. God, help us uh, as we dive into our budgets and we try to, to, to create our own budgets in our everyday life. May we give ourselves grace, not just to not have perfect budgets, but when our lives aren't perfect, may we extend grace to ourselves as well. God, we strive for perfection. We strive for perfect lives and we strive for perfect budgets. But when we fall short, and we probably will, May we extend ourselves the same grace that you extend to us. God, we give you thanks, and we pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that uh, you will enjoy this three-week series on the theology of budgets. And uh, so if you want to go a little bit deeper into this first week of uh, 
offering ourselves forgiveness when our budgets aren't perfect, then I want you to text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. You'll get a text message to a home sheet, and that's going to include the scriptures that we talked about today. It's going to include some questions to think about and a plan of action to how to write, how to create your own budget, and uh, how to live that out this week and what it applies in your life. So I really want to encourage you to do that. Again, it's uh, text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to the number 225-307-0662. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. And remember, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.